Contextualizing the Imposture Syndrome Sani Finstra, Jennifer Jordan and others Frontiers in Psychology 2020 University of Groningen, Netherlands University of Exeter, United Kingdom International Institute for Management Development Lausanne, Switzerland The imposter syndrome refers to the notion that some individuals feel as if they ended up in esteemed roles and positions not because of their competencies but because of some oversight or stroke of luck. Such individuals, therefore, feel like frauds or impostors, despite the fact that imposter feelings are often linked to marginalized groups in society. To date, research predominantly approaches this phenomenon as an issue of the individual, pointing toward individuals for the roots and solutions of the syndrome. Drawing from a rich body of social and organizational psychology research, in this perspective's piece, we propose a shift in how scholars conceptualize and empirically examine this phenomenon, instead of framing the insecurities of individuals belonging to marginalized groups solely as a problem that arises within these individuals. We argue that it is critical for future research to consider the important role of the environment in eliciting their imposter feelings as well. By doing so, we can address the contextual roots of individuals' imposter feelings and offer more structural and effective solutions. Introduction Many successful people, from former First Lady Michelle Obama to Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg, have expressed feeling like imposters. Such admissions typically describe feelings of having ended up in esteemed roles not because of merits or achievement, but because of some oversight on the part of important gatekeepers or due to sheer luck. Despite their objective success, these individuals express difficulty internalizing their achievements and accomplishments and worry that they may be uncovered as frauds. This feeling is often referred to as the imposter phenomenon or imposter syndrome and abundant research has shown its detrimental consequences for individuals' well-being as well as career advancement. Over the last decade, attention toward this topic and the term imposter syndrome in particular has exploded, both in academic research articles and in popular media outlets. While this widespread attention toward imposter syndrome has undoubted value, including the empowerment of individuals who struggle with imposter feelings, in this perspective's article we identify critical problems with the way this phenomenon is currently being discussed and explained, both within and outside of the scientific community. Although findings are mixed regarding gender differences in imposter feelings, both in academic literature and in popular media outlets, the imposter phenomenon is often linked to women and members of ethnic minority groups. Despite imposter feelings being linked to these social groups and the unique challenges that members of these groups face, we show that scholars have predominantly depicted and empirically examined the phenomenon at the individual level of analysis. More importantly, we identify significant limitations that arise from this tendency to over-individualize the imposter phenomenon. Next, we propose a shift in the way scholars conceptualize and empirically study the imposter phenomenon instead of framing the insecurities of individuals, especially those who belong to marginalized groups, as a problem that arises from within these individuals, 
we attest that it is time that researchers consider the important role of outside forces as well, imposter feelings. In this way, we contend that people's imposter feelings are not solely a result of their dispositions and personalities, but can actually work their way from the outside in. These internalized negative perceptions of the self are born out of environments and social interactions that lead people to question their abilities and worth. Finally, based on our analysis of how social context at multiple levels can affect imposter feelings, we provide concrete directions for future research and discuss implications for how to more effectively and collectively combat imposter feelings. Clinical Psychological Perspective With its roots in clinical psychology, scholars have predominantly depicted the imposter phenomenon as a personality trait that originates within the individuals who experience imposter feelings. This focus on the individual level of analysis is most likely the result of the fact that the phenomenon is reflective of a negative and critical self-concept and negatively affects the individuals who experience it. As such, both the experience and outcomes of the imposter phenomenon occur at the level of the individual, making this the primary focus of scholars. This individualistic approach is, for instance, apparent in the terminology that is often used to describe the imposter phenomenon, while Kleins and Imes coined the term imposter phenomenon, both academic research and public disclosure typically refer to it as the imposter syndrome, strengthening the seemingly individual and dysfunctional nature of the phenomenon. Depicting the phenomenon as a syndrome gives the impression that the individuals who experience it are patients, which is highly problematic as it implies a medical model of dysfunction within the individual. This individual-level understanding of imposter feelings is also reflected in empirical work on the phenomenon. This line of research has, for instance, primarily operationalized and measured the imposter phenomenon as a trait instead of state. Moreover, scholars have predominantly pointed toward the individual to understand the roots and causes of imposter feelings. In this regard, Researchers have, for example, regarded individuals' attachment styles, perfectionistic tendencies and personality as antecedents of imposter feelings. Because of this individualistic person-based approach to the imposter phenomenon, many of the proposed solutions and strategies for addressing imposter feelings nowadays focus on trying to fix the individual. Solutions in this regard typically involve clinical therapy, coaching and confidence training, and entreaties to lean in and overcome one's own imposter syndrome. At best, the efficacy of these solutions is likely to fall short of its full potential, in part because such an approach misses an important piece of the puzzle, how the social context may shape one's tendency to feel like an imposter. At worst, such individual-focused solutions can reinforce notions of victim blaming, whereby others perceive that the problem is with the individual, and so the individual is also ultimately responsible for fixing their own solution. Social psychological perspective. We argue that to fully understand the imposter phenomenon, it is therefore important to complement the previous line of work at the individual level of analysis by adding a contextual perspective on imposter feelings. Although the phenomenon manifests at the level of the individual, that is, individuals feel like imposters, these individuals do not exist in a social vacuum. Instead, people's social context 
is of great importance in determining how they feel about themselves. Drawing from a rich body of social psychological work, we therefore believe that there is utility in expanding the scope of imposter research to also consider the role of social context in shaping individuals' imposter feelings. Importantly, while Clint's considered the possibility that imposter feelings might be shaped by interpersonal and social contexts, scholars and practitioners have yet to give the social roots of this phenomenon the theoretical and empirical attention it deserves. Considering the detrimental consequences of the imposter phenomenon, it seems particularly important to systematically examine contextual factors as well in order to gain a more complete understanding of the contextual roots that underlie this pervasive phenomenon. Building on a rich body of social psychological work, we therefore consider how a. society and culture at large, b. organizations and other institutions, and c everyday interactions and interpersonal relationships may play critical roles in shaping imposter feelings. Societal level explanation. At the societal level, research suggests that an individual's position in the social hierarchy can play an important role in shaping his or her imposter feelings, including how the specific challenges and stresses that accompany a lower societal position can make one feel like an imposter. We know from abundant social psychological research that those groups in society that are often linked to the imposter syndrome, such as women and ethnic minorities, are also subject to persistent negative stereotyping. For example, because of the stereotype of the good leader possessing predominantly masculine traits, women are often depicted as lacking leadership qualities. They are stereotypically perceived as communal and warm while men are portrayed as having a more natural fit for leadership positions, they are stereotypically perceived as agentic and assertive. In response to these gender and leader stereotypes, research suggests that a woman may feel insecure and out of place if she were to achieve such a leadership position, as these pervasive stereotypes have consistently signaled, both directly and indirectly, that she would not be fit for such a position. First research indeed suggests that a woman's awareness of such stereotypes can trigger her to feel like an imposter. This may also help explain inconsistencies in the current literature regarding gender differences in imposter feelings, with some studies showing that women experience more imposter feelings while other studies failed to find gender differences. As our reasoning suggests that women would only feel like impostors in contexts that signal that they are so. Likewise, certain ethnic minorities are stereotyped as being unintelligent, lazy and or underachieving. In response to such negative portrayals of their group, ethnic minority students are likely to worry that their admission to, for instance, a prestigious university is the outcome of luck instead of something they actually deserve. In line with such reasoning, research examining imposter feelings among ethnic minority students indeed showed that students who reported being racially discriminated against were more likely to feel like imposters. Overall, this suggests that, at the societal level, the group that someone belongs to and the portrayal of those groups in society play an important role in triggering individuals' imposter feelings. Institutional level explanation. In addition to the broader societal context, research from social and organizational psychology suggests that features within the more immediate institutional context 
within corporate organizations, educational or government institutions, play an important role in shaping impulsive feelings as well. Here, women and ethnic minority group members are, for instance, more or less likely to occupy particular professions. They are underrepresented in surgery but overrepresented in nursing. Particular roles within an organization, they are underrepresented in information technology but overrepresented in human resources. And particular levels of organizational hierarchies, they are underrepresented in leadership positions but overrepresented at more junior levels. Moreover, they often lack role models and are paid less for the work they do. Research suggests that such a lack of representation and lower compensation in turn elicit doubts about one's suitability for these occupations and positions. This line of research therefore suggests that institutional structures may cause women and ethnic minority group members to question their place within certain institutions, traditionally occupied by white men thereby increasing their susceptibility to feel like impostors when in those institutions. Interpersonal level explanation. Finally, social psychological research suggests that how people are treated by self-relevant others is an important precursor to impostor feelings. This is because individuals' everyday interactions are laced with important social evaluative cues, conveying whether others see them as a person of value and worth. These social evaluative cues ultimately guide individuals' appraisals of their own self-worth and thus shape their self-esteem and sense of being worthy or deserving of their place within that group or context. In traditionally white male-dominated occupations, for example, female and ethnic minority employees are often perceived and treated differently. They are less often sought out for advice or included in work-related discussions. Such subtle everyday oversights communicate that these employees' ideas, knowledge and insights are valued less as that of other employees, which can in turn perpetuate issues of confidence and engagement at work. Thus, to fully understand individuals' impostor feelings, this research suggests that it is key to consider the quality of treatment people receive from others, particularly the types of treatment that communicates a sense of value, worth and fit. In this regard, we contend that individuals may very well feel like impostors when they are treated in ways to suggest that they are. Similarly, such impostor feelings can also be mitigated when these individuals are treated by others as a person of value and worth. Discussion In this article, we presented an alternative perspective on the impostor phenomenon. Although there are personal differences in the extent to which people feel like impostors, we have shown that there is considerable theoretical and conceptual support for the notion that the impostor phenomenon is also context-dependent. This perspective provides an important new angle for future research. Instead of focusing heavily on characteristics of the individual, we urge future research to examine contextual variables at the societal, institutional and interpersonal levels which may shape an individual's impostor feelings. For example, scholars could examine whether organizations and institutions implementing diversity initiatives or affirmative action plans will see a decline in impostor feelings among their members. Furthermore, future researchers 
could conduct interventions that aim to directly increase organizational members' sense of fit with or belonging to their organization, to test whether such an intervention in turn reduces imposter feelings. Similarly, in experimental settings, researchers could manipulate interpersonal treatment to examine its causal impact on individuals' imposter feelings. When pursuing this important line of work, we also suggest that it will be important for researchers to be cautious with the terminology they adopt. In this regard, we feel that the original term imposter phenomenon is preferred over imposter syndrome, as the former better captures the complexity and multidimensional origins of the construct. Our proposed perspective also has important implications for how to combat imposter feelings. Instead of focusing on how individuals themselves should battle their imposter feelings, perspective outlines the importance of addressing the contextual roots of this phenomenon by tackling persistent stereotypes in society, increasing diversity across occupations and hierarchical levels, and assuring equal treatment for all group members. Such contextual interventions, as opposed to more individualized treatments, might also have the benefit of preventing imposter feelings, as opposed to merely combating them once they emerge. Thus, if organizations can challenge societal norms and stereotypes, provide an organizational culture that reinforces feelings of inclusiveness and fit within the organization, and have clear standards of equal and inclusive treatment in the workplace, members of minority groups will be more likely to respond with lower incidences of imposter feelings. Overall, our aim with this perspective's article is to help refocus the way in which both scholars and the broader public consider the roots and solutions of the imposter phenomenon. Our hope is that they will come to see the imposter phenomenon as not merely a dysfunctional syndrome that resides within certain individuals, but instead as a psychological response to a dysfunctional context. Consequently, we hope to spur future research that examines the role of individuals' social context in shaping their imposter feelings. Overall, such a shift in thinking about and empirically examining the imposter phenomenon has the potential to lead to systemic change, which will create an environment in which everyone feels as though they rightly belong. Thank you for listening. For more podcasts, follow Pub Reading on Twitter.